Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are in the world and whenever you are tuning into this video. My name is James Porcelli and welcome to another episode of Rootless Talk. So as you can see, uh, my co-host Brian uh, is unavailable uh, to be a part of this episode today. But don't you guys worry, your boy is going solo and today is still a packed, jacked and stacked uh, episode for you guys today. So obviously today is Friday. It is early on a Friday morning. And usually if you guys have been you know, used to the platform, used to uh, this podcast, today would be an AEW Dynamite review. However, Today it's not it's not going to happen. <laughs> it, it's just it's not going to happen, guys. I'm sorry. I, I, I took notes on the show last night. I, I watched it yesterday. Um, AEW Dynamite that that happened this past Wednesday, guys. Um, I, it, this show is not worth my time talking about. Now I will talk a little bit about you know some parts of the show. Um, you know, of course, the Tony Khan announcement in regards to CM Punk and Collision, um, and a little bit about MJF and a feud with Adam Cole that it looks like that's starting up uh, moving into the summer. So we will talk a little bit about that. But, but from the show top to bottom, reviewing this, guys, it's, it's not happening, man. Because you guys, because I, I feel like I'm just going to just sound like a broken record. I'm just going to talk about why Orange Cassidy is starting the show off. Why are we having a tor Texas tornado tag just to have a Texas tornado tag? You know, why is Chris Statlander just already this TBS championship already feeling like a freaking dud? <laughs> and it's going to be the same song and dance. And I'm just not going to do that for you guys. I'm just not. The show is not worth my time. I'm not. It's not worth bitching, moaning and screaming over. So it's it's just not going to happen. So, but again, there will be some things that we're going to talk about in the show, like I mentioned with Tony Khan as well as MJF and that whole deal. Before we do get into that, um, I do want to talk a little bit about NXT. You guys know, of course, we like to talk about NXT on this platform as well. So, from the jump, that's where we're gonna that's where we're gonna get into to start off this show. So. The first thing that I want to mention in regards to in regards to NXT is as of late, and, and me and Brian have talked about this last week about Baron Corbin, Mustafa Ali, and now Dana Brooke, as of just this past Tuesday, are now all um, on NXT television. They are part of the NXT brand. Um, now, we have seen this over the past several, I want to say, years of, of wrestlers, you know, coming over to NXT, kind of starting fresh or trying to repackage a new a new persona, a, a new a new light, if that makes sense. You know, we've seen it also from Finn Balor um, being the prince and coming back over to the main roster, even though. As he came back over to the main roster, he was just once again Finn Balor. He was Pop Collar, Smiley Finn. But then at least finally the Judgment Day came around. And then that's when finally Finn Balor, you know, outside of the Demon, finally started to feel somewhat relevant again and somewhat, you know, actually have a personality. He started to finally ooze a little bit of that charisma. But even coming off of that NXT run really wasn't much anything for Finn Balor. So, 
So when it comes to NXT call-ups, at least over the past, at least in recent memory, um, I mean, Apollo Crews, I mean, is the first person that also comes to mind. Not a whole lot of people are very successful. It's just, it's a very small, small list in that regard. So with that being said, you know, I sometimes find find it hard to to see like, okay, what is NXT, right? Are, are they just a developmental system <laughs> or the developmental, excuse me, a developmental brand is what Triple H referred to, to refer to them as is <laughs> in a in a freaking what was it a podcast or an interview that he did uh, with Ariel Hawani just a couple months ago. Or are they their own brand or they want to bring in casual fans? They want to bring in that same type of feel, that same type of, you know, you know, I guess, viewership or whatever you want to call it, just as the main roster. But you see these people coming over to the main roster and I get it. You know, you, you, you bring these people over because the main roster, there's nothing for them. You want to bring them over to NXT and you want to see them maybe change a little bit about their character and they go back to the main roster and maybe they can have a fresh new beginning, right? But like I just mentioned just not too long ago, you don't hardly see a lot of these wrestlers that come back over to NXT. It's kind of like the college and the pros, right? You go over to the pros, you get drafted, and then you get sent back down to college and then you start whooping all of these freaking college athletes' butt. And I mean, I would hope so because you're, you, you, you've already been to the, you've already been to the dance. You've already been at the pro level, you know, and it's like Baron Corbin, like he comes back over from NXT and now he's challenging Carmelo Hayes for this NXT championship. When there are so many other better options, people like Jack and people like Dragunov and so many others that are just more than deserving and well, I mean, deserving, I, I hate using that word as well, deserving, because that, I think that word is just used a lot in this, in this community, a lot in this professional wrestling world. But still, I mean, after the match that they both had at NXT Battleground, you would think that the next step is somewhat of a title opportunity. I mean, Dragunov and Dijak have to be at that freaking, have to be at that road or that crossroads in their careers, at least in their NXT careers. You know, and even Dijak is even a guy that came from the main roster with that whole retribution gimmick. I mean, you want to talk about that someone that needed a cleanse? Freaking Dijak is one of those people. So I'm not, I'm not against of what WWE tries to do in in regards to NXT. You know, especially when it comes to their main roster. You know, you know people like Dijak, where freaking retribution was just a complete freaking utter failure. And now you want to repackage Dijak. And it, and so far, they have done a tremendous freaking job. And props to him as well. You know, but at the same time, again, what is NXT? Are you developing prospects here? Or is that are you trying to make this a new brand? What is NXT? And I think that that's also the reason why that NXT has the viewership and the wrath that they have because, and not a lot of people maybe tune in because they probably don't know what NXT truly is. You know, I mean, you have people like, you know, Baron Corbin and Mustafa Ali. They're the same, 
the same regimen, the same character that they had up on the main roster. And here, and here's this same character, these same type of people just coming over to NXT. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, what is the end goal? I said that last week with, with Brian last week when we talked about NXT. What is the main goal here? Right? Are we just having these dudes just to get some shine because they were, you know, they've been an afterthought on the main roster and we feel bad and we want to give them shine because we have nothing else for them? Because once we bring these dudes back to the main roster, because you know that that's going to happen, at least for the foreseeable future, what is the goal here? They're going to go back to the main roster. And what? I mean, what's the character change? What's the goal? What are we trying to get out of Baron Corbin and Mustafa Ali and even Dana Brooke being on, on NXT television? So I just hope that there is a long-term plan, if that makes sense. If you're going to put these people on NXT television. So, so, that, so that's my only gripe with that is just, you know... I, I just, you know, because I mean, Mustafa Ali, I think, I believe he had a match with Joey Gacy, right? Or Joe Gacy. Um, and I believe the match, I mean, going back at it, I didn't time the match at all. But I'm pretty sure that Gacy lost in under five minutes to Mustafa Ali. Guys, and, and, that's, and that's my problem. You're bringing back these, these main roster guys to, to, to do what? I mean, to to freaking help build NXT prospects, these talents. I mean, clearly when it comes to Joey Gacy, I mean, losing less than five minutes, that ain't going to cut it. <laughs> um, and speaking of Joey Gacy and Schism, um, shout out to Ava Rain. She had her in-ring debut uh, this past Tuesday and looked pretty darn solid, by the way. Um, she got her first pinfall pinfall victory. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see where she goes from there. Obviously, Ava Rain, Simone Johnson, The Rock's daughter. Um, hopefully, there's a future for her, and hopefully she continues to progress. Um, so we'll see what goes with that. You know, But that's, that's the main thing that I just have about these main roster talents coming over to NXT is that I just hope that they have a, a true cleanse, right? A true reboot. Right. We, you know, reboot should sound familiar when it comes to people like Austin Theory. You know, he just puts the cell phone in the back and he's pretty much the same Austin Theory. But yet, you know, it's still the same character. It's just without the selfies and everything. Right. But Jack, man, Jack, that is a cleanse. That is a guy that went from the absolute shitter with retribution. And now here he is with as Jack, And he pretty much put on probably one of the best performances of this calendar here. And that match with Dragon off for NXT Battleground. So that's so when, when it comes to that, bringing those NXT call ups, or excuse me, those main roster call ups to NXT, that is what you want to do. But when it comes to Corbin, what are we doing here? When it comes to Mustafa Ali, what are we doing? Are they just going to go back to the main roster as the same character and we expect what? A different result? So, th and that's what I mean. So yeah, they they might do some interesting shit here on this brand, you know, and that's totally fine, but moving forward is it if they're going to be in this same character and doing the same shtick that they did before, 
then what was the point of all of this? What was the point of Mustafa Ali beating Joey Gacy in under in under five minutes? Right. Well, what's what's the point of Dana Brooke collecting all the headlines when the headlines should be about Thea Haley or Thea Thea Hale from Chase University winning this battle royal? You know, I'm just saying, like, what's what's the point of it? So that's my only nervous my 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 gripe and my concerns about NXT moving forward. So in in regards to HBK man because you guys know I mean this this has to be a Vince <laughs> Triple H type of situation here. It's like listen, I, I want Baron Corbin, I want Mustafa Ali coming over to NXT and it seems like HBK, I mean of course HBK and Triple H they have that freaking bond. They have that friendship. I just wish, man, that HBK, when it comes to the NXT brand, he does not let Triple H and Vince walk all over it because if that is going to be the case, then, man, it's going to take a major hit. You know, especially what they're... Because if this is just going to be Baron Corbin, Mustafa Ali, Dana Brooke just coming to NXT just to feel relevant and go back to the main roster doing the same thing, that's a problem. That's not a repackage. That's not that's not starting something new and fresh. You're just making them feel relevant. You're making them feel good. It's like again, it's like sending somebody down from the freaking the freaking college from the from the pros all the way down to college. I know that's not realistic. I know that's not <laughs> I know that's not an actual thing that happens in sports, but that's again, that that but you're telling me in regards to because that's what NXT is, right? That's what Triple H described it as. It is a developmental brand. It's a developmental system. So you bring these main roster talents from the pros, from the show, from the main roster down to this developmental brand again to do what? So I, I just hope I just hope that there's just something long term in regards to this. Um, again, Dana Brooke was a part of, you know, uh, NXT this past Tuesday, Mustafa Ali's inserted himself into, um, and, and, and it's, and it's funny, right? Because they're, they, most of these, these appearances evolve titles and I'm just like, why you, why is Baron Corbin thrusted into a world title picture, especially for Carmelo Hayes? When he just came off of a title victory over Braun Breaker, and now you're facing Baron Corbin, it's kind of diminishing Carmelo Hayes' title reign in the process. So that's where HBK and Triple H and all these people need to be careful in regards to these NXT talents that you don't want to completely ruin you know, their reputation in regards to NXT and this brand. You know, Mustafa Ali beating Joe Gacy. Okay, if, if there's a plan for Mustafa Ali to, to change and to... And to really have a repackage, then again, what is the point of it? Dana Brooke, she just shows up. Is she just going to go back to the women's division on the main roster as the same? Then what's the point? So, so the, the, those are my thoughts, man. I, I just hope that HBK can make. I, I just hope Triple H is is not taking advantage in regards to HBK that they're best buddies. And he's sending these guys on the main roster just to have them, just to have them there. And then when it's time to bring them back up, it's like, okay, just bring them back to the main roster. 
Um, it's like, don't worry about changing their character. We'll, we'll send them back when we feel like they're ready, you know, but, but they're going to do what, you know, <laughs> what's going to be any different if they're in the exact same persona, the same character that they were before they came over to NXT. And, and that's the problem. So, but I'll, I'm going to talk more in, in the near future in regards to this. And I'm sure Brian will have a lot more to say, uh, once he comes back onto the show, um, you know, Braun Breaker, um, as well as I'm going to get into him as of in just a second, Braun Breaker called out Seth Rollins to compete for this world heavyweight championship. Um, he took out Ilya Dragunov as I'm sure that's, I'm guessing that's going to be a feud starting up, which I actually don't mind at all. Um, it's interesting that, especially after that world title picture, you would think that, you know, his time in NXT is pretty much done, but it seems like they're doing this shtick with Dragunov and it could be good. And I don't mind that if that's what they're doing, but now you also have him going to the main roster to face Seth Rollins in an open challenge for this world heavyweight championship. Because here's the thing, man, like just why now? Like to me with Braun Breaker, the best way and even, and Brian and me have stated this about Braun Breaker. If you're going to debut Braun Breaker at this point in this time frame as of right now, the best way is pretty much post SummerSlam, right? There's going to be a lot of eyeballs, especially from casual fans, right? Coming off of SummerSlam, they want to see what happens next. That's the best way to debut Braun Breaker. So if you're going to have him go after Seth and this world title, then why not do it post SummerSlam? Why just, I, it, it doesn't make sense, man. It's, it's it's the time that they're doing it in and he's going to lose and what he's going to come back to the main roster. It's like, Oh, didn't you lose to Seth Rollins for the, in a, in a singles match a couple months ago? That's what casual fans are going to say. Right. And that's going to just diminish freaking Braun Breaker. If you're having him start a feud with Dragunov, just let that be it. Why does he need to freaking challenge Seth Rollins for this said title. And is that this, is that what this world heavyweight championship is going to be just freaking open challenges after open challenges? Oh, well, James, it's, it's a fighting championship. It's a workhorse championship. First of all, the workhorse championship should be the intercontinental championship. That has been supposedly the workhorse championship, but like we've mentioned on this platform, they know triple H Vince and Susan ties know they effed up. They had to make a new title. They had to freaking change shit on the fly. And that's why this World Heavyweight Championship, you know, is a thing as of right now. It's no different than the United States Championship, right? You're going to see what Finn, Finn Balor face Seth Rollins in the near future, probably for money in the bank. What's going to be any different to when they, when, 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 they, when they fought for the United States Championship? You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just really weird. Everything in the moment and how things are just being done and how we're getting to this point is just weird. It's just very, very weird. You guys know, you guys know, I hope you guys know where I'm coming from in regards to this. Like we could be, we could be introducing Braun Breaker, right? We could be bringing in these, these NXT 
talents to, or excuse me, these main roster talents to NXT in a completely different way. And who knows? Maybe there is a there is a plan for Baron Corbin, Mustafa Ali, and Dana Brooke in regards to changing the 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 whole purpose, I guess, or starting a new a new regimen about their character. Maybe there is plans for that. But do I trust it? Especially in regards to history with main roster call-ups over the past several years? The answer is no. And I know I mentioned Finn Balor and how Finn Balor, he came back. He was relevant once again in the NXT brand. But again, guys, if you remember as he came, as he went back to the main roster, he was just pop collar, smiley Finn as a baby face. He's doing the same shtick as he was doing on the main roster. Now, thankfully, the Judgment Day came around and he was involved with the Judgment Day. He, he turned freaking heel and now he has this new aura about him with the Judgment Day that he desperately freaking needed and it's helped him and everybody else in the judgment day in the process. But outside of that, man, what, what, what main roster talent has came over to this brand and really has thrived is Dijak going to be one of those people. We'll see. I hope so. It's not Apollo Cruz, you know, Indusheer. We don't know if, 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 if this company has plans for Indusheer, Right. I mean, so we'll, we'll see, man. I, I don't know. I, but again, I just don't trust it. And to me, to be honest, at this point, I'm just going to believe it when I see it. So and, and, and going back to Braun Breaker, man, I just we, we could be doing this completely. We, we could be doing this way freaking better for Braun Breaker. He's going to go to Monday Night Raw or I don't even know where this I, I'm guessing this. I, I, is is this World Heavyweight Championship match going to be? Is it going to be on Monday Night Raw? Is it going to be on NXT? Either way, why? <laughs> it's just why, man. I don't understand. He's going to take the loss, and, and then what? And he's going to, re- and then we're just supposed to forget about it. And he's going to start this this feud with Dragonoff, and then he's going to come over to the main roster, and it's just. Nothing makes nothing makes sense and everything. There's just a lot of red flags in regards to this. And as well as red flags in regards to these main roster talents being over to NXT. Because again, recent history tells you it's not been successful in, in regards to that. But those are my thoughts in regards to NXT um, for the most part. Um, yeah, so I mean, a lot of positives that I that I can maybe take away from it. Tony D'Angelo was in a pretty again. Uh, he's been in a in a prison type of <laughs> prison type of angle. I believe you know he was arrested. He's been asking questions in regards to something that he did. I need to continue to be. I need to continue to go back and, and watch that as well. Uh, but that looks pretty interesting. And it seems like that Stax could be the guy that the one that ratted Tony D'Angelo out in the first place. And you can start a feud with that. So that looks pretty interesting as well. Um, Again, like I mentioned, Ava rain getting her first pinfall victory. So those are the positives. And then the negatives, like I mentioned as well, and even, and Gigi Dolan, you know, Gigi Dolan losing or being eliminated from this battle Royal. She had this big triumphant victory over JC Jane um, just this past or last week in that steel cage. And you would think, okay, 
Gigi Dolan would be the next in line. Well, I guess we'll, and, and that's the thing with, with, I guess, I, I hope I'm pronouncing this woman's name right. Thea Haley or Thea, Thea Hale uh, from Chase University. Um, I actually don't mind her getting this opportunity. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's Tiffany Stratton's first feud. It's going to be no harm, no foul. No one's expecting her to win this championship, you know, gives Thea, Thea Hill a little bit of limelight. And he's like, Oh, well, James, you know, they, they, the main roster did the same thing for Mustafa Ali, you know? So, but here's the thing though, dipshit NXT has done a way better job freaking putting these people in better situations to where we give a fuck about them <laughs> in regards to the freaking main roster when, you know, when Mustafa Ali won the battle Royal winning the, uh, getting that opportunity for the intercontinental championship, this dude has just been jobbing out for, you know, just superstar after superstar after superstar, or at least Chase University has been intriguing type of shit where, you know, it doesn't do hardly any damage to them at all. And that includes uh, Thea Hale from Chase University. So, um, but yeah, man. Um, so, I mean, people are upset that it's not Core Jade or it's not Gigi Dolan. Um, I'm, sh you know, down the line, I'm sure you're going to see these women in these title picture at some point. Um, so that, that's just my honest take in regards to that. So the battle Royal, I have no, in, no, no, nothing really much to say. I, I, I really don't mind it. Um, and just, we'll see where it goes. You know, we'll, we'll see where it goes to that. And speaking of that battle Royal, and this is where I get into my next topic here. And that is in regards to a new set of twins. That's right, guys, a new set of twins have made their NXT or NXT or WWE television appearance this past Tuesday. And those twins are called the Cavender twins. Um, and I believe this was about two years ago where they signed a nail, a nail deal or a, a likeness agreement or a next in line class type of deal to where, and, and, and if you guys don't know the Cavender twins, um, if you guys have not heard about them, or knowing what's going on about them. So, you know, they're, they, from what I know about these two women, um, and I don't know too much about them. I know of them. I don't know the type of athletes that they are or much of their background, but um, they're two, you no, know, they both play collegiate uh, basketball over the University of Miami. They have decided not to come back for their fifth year of eligibility to the University of Miami. And they are now promoting, I guess, their brand to sign as they has now signed a deal with WWE. Now, this was back, I believe, in 2021, a likeness deal, right? So they're they or a next in line class, you know, in where you no know, WWE will eventually give them the call that they're interested in involving them in something. Right. So that was two years ago. And it's really funny because I also said this on my on my Instagram and I, and I also said this in the Facebook group as well. It's not a coincidence, right, because I want to paint this timeline here because, you know, as well as I do, that this has everything to do with the Bellas and the Bella twins. Right. Does that name sound familiar? Nikki and Brie and Brie Bella, the Bella twins. So. As of late, if you guys have ever met, if, if, if you guys have been keeping up, the Bella Twins have been very vocal. And I mean, very, very vocal in regards to WWE and how they've been running things. 
and how you know they're, they're waiting on a call and you know they have nothing for us we want to work with wwe and and just the, pretty much exposing the business and you know just just calling wwe out on their bullshit <laughs> and you know like listen you know how they i think they mentioned in a video about you know defending mercedes and you know you know say hey mercedes is too over that's why you know they treated her the way that they treated her and blah 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 and of course you know wwe they're just they're petty as fuck right that's just what they are vince and, and even triple h bro i know people just love to just ride the and just just cling on to the ball sack of freaking triple h but triple h is just like vince mcmahon and the rest of this company they are fucking petty if you guys don't believe me Look at Cody Rhodes right now. Cody Rhodes, who was pretty much a guy that was not developed in WWE. He was developed. He, he started his own shtick, you know, in the indies as well. And then caming over or starting his own stuff with, with, with AEW as the American Nightmare. He comes over to WWE. And, and that's why, even though I'm still upset with the decision at WrestleMania, I'm not shocked. Because do we really think that a guy going from WWE, from AEW to WWE the rival, I use that term loosely, the rival company of WWE, you know, to be the top guy, to be the champion, to, de to, de to dethrone their guy, which is Roman Reigns. Stop, man. It, it's just not going to happen. But that's what WWE is. They're, they're petty as fuck. And it's not a coincidence, guys, that, you know, and to, again, to continue to paint this picture. So the Bellas... They have officially announced, I believe this was back in March, Mar March of this year, where they have officially announced themselves as the Garcia twins. You know, they're no longer in tides with WWE. They've given up the Bella name. They're going back to their origins of their name, which is the Garcias. And not even a week or two later, or a couple days later, you're now hearing the Cavander twins. They offici have officially announced their their partnership with the WWE and how they have signed, I guess, with the WWE. It's not a freaking coincidence, guys, that these twins, these Commander twins, and and I, and I hope and I, and I wish that you know that they do tremendous stuff. I hope they do tremendous, wonderful things in this company moving forward. And I'm looking forward to see what they have to offer. But you guys know as well as I do that the fact that they're coming off of off of college, right? These women, I believe, are like, what, 20, 22 years old? But both of them, these twins, you know, Hannah and Haley. Hannah and Haley uh, Cavender. I hope I'm pronouncing that last name right. I mean, you're telling me that these, or this company, doesn't want to erase the Bella Twin name as soon as possible? The fact that they have, they they announced not too long ago this likeness deal or this partnership with WWE. And now just two months later, they're already on television, NXT television. They are going to be thrusted into that spotlight. I'm telling you, I'm freaking telling you. And I, and cause, cause this is, they are going to rush these women into the spotlight. Hell, not just for NXT, but to the main roster, bro, <laughs> you're, you're, I'm telling you, man, that this is what, and this is what they did with the Bellas when they first arrived into the company, though, know, they were very young, 
you know, they were a bunch of pretty faces. They're thinking, oh, a set of twins, you know what well, we can do that in regards to promoting our business and our brand with commercials and billboards and things like that. They see the same thing in regards to these twins, the Cavander twins. It's no, it's, it's, it's really, it's pretty freaking obvious. Um, I mean, guys, like they, they just, they're not just signing a bunch of twins just because they see potential or they just, oh, they're, they're just signing a bunch of twins and that's it. No, 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 no. This is about erasing the Bella twin name. This is about replacing them and the Bella twin name. And they want to thrust these women into this WWE spotlight as quick as possible, you know, and I know I think the Bellas, well, the Garcias, I should, as I should call them now, I believe they announced some sort of another reality show that they're doing. I believe they announced that um, just a couple months ago as well. And, and now again, and now you're, <laughs> you're thrusting these Cavander twins on WWE television. You're trying to create a little bit of buzz, the same amount of buzz that the Bellas are trying to, or the Garcias. Again, it's going to be hard for me to get used to that now of the buzz that they're creating about announcing their reality TV show. It's no coincidence, guys. This company is fucking petty. You know, it's, it's just what they do. It, it's, it's just what they do. So I, I just hope that they just don't, you know, they're not just thrusting these women just to prove a point because that's what WWE would, would want to do. They want to stick it to the people that, you know, that, that called them out on their bullshit and like, oh, like, you know, it's like, oh, that's how you truly feel. Well, here, let's bring in a new set of freaking twins. You know, who freaking needs you? We got a new set of twins now. Right. So I don't know. For, when, when, in, in regards to Hannah and Haley, I don't know too much about their athletic background. I mean, you know, being a part of, you know, you know, a, a division one, you know, collegiate program. In, in, in the University of Miami. I mean, I guess that counts for something. But again, though, man, it's it's easy to, you know, you know, it's 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 not a it's it's not an easy adjustment to just play collegiate basketball and into professional wrestling. Now I'm rooting for them. I, I wish nothing but the best for both of these ladies. And, you know, it's it's interesting what 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 they're gonna be doing moving forward. But to me, man, I, I'm just expecting the worst because the red flags are way freaking obvious to where they're already thrusting these women, not just fresh out of college, fresh out of, out of graduating from the university of Miami. And here they are on NXT television, not even a month or two months since officially announcing, I believe it was on the today show back in March, their, their deal, um, their partnership with WWE and here they are, guys, already on, on WWE television, on NXT television. It's no coincidence, man. They want to get these women on WWE television, and they want to get something for them as soon as possible to erase that Bella Twins name as soon as possible. That's the goal with this company. So we'll see where it goes, man. Um, again, I, I wish these these two ladies, the, these Commander Twins, you know, nothing but the best, you know, I just hope that the, the system, right. That the system has something actually for them. And they're not just thrusting these women just out of pettiness, 
right? Out of just being like, oh, just sticking it to the Bellas, just sticking it to people that called them out on their bullshit. Because to me, I feel like that that's all what this is. They're going to thrust these women into positions to where they're not going to be ready for. And it's going to, and people and fans are going to turn on them in the process because they're going to be shoved down everybody's throats and they're going to, they're going to see that they're not ready. You know, I hope that's not the case, but who's to say otherwise, because they did this with the Bellas. And that's why I sure, I'm sure a lot of people in that time frame, or for most of the Bella, Twin, Bella Twins career, why fans were just not on board with them because they were, they were pretty much thrusted too early into that main event or main roster scene. And they were, you know, thrusted into performing subpar to decent matches, <laughs> right? Or subpar to decent or subpar to decent talent in segments to where they have to thrive in, to where they're just not ready for it. Now, Nikki Bella towards the, you know, Nikki was able to, you know, she talked about really taking it seriously and, you know, she's had her moments from time to time. And then Brie Bella, you know, as you know, there's you no know, Brie Bella's had her moments with Stephanie McMahon as well as, uh, and, and, as well as other moments in her career. But you, you can, you guys can tell, especially when they came back, you know, the ring rush showed and just, Again, just being heavily exposed, man. I mean, these are two women that, you know, and listen, I, I actually, as much as a lot of people just don't like the Bellas, and I know that's a lot of a, a, a popular thing to do. It's like, oh, the Bella Twins, Pff, like, really? Like, we're, we're the, the Bella Twins? Like, seriously, like, what, what are we doing? But, but look, man, I mean, they, they brought in, you know, I mean, these are two women that are very well known outside of the wrestling world because of their reality TV show. I mean, say what you want about them, man, but they are a part of that women's evolution. They just are, regardless of whether you like them or not. I'm not the biggest fan of the Bella Twins. You know, Nikki Bellas, I mean, she's decent. She's had a decent career. Um, you know, I mean, she was given the freaking rocket with having one of the longest Divas title reigns in, in, in the company history. You know, Brie Bella, um, I respect her, and I, I respect of who she is as a person. And her relationship and her and her marriage and her, you know, Beyonce, you know, Brian Danielson and everything. But but yeah, man, so but and and I condone them for calling WWE out on their bullshit. And and I praise them to the highest degree. And and you know, I wish them nothing but the best starting their new chapter without that Bella name now as the Garcias. So hopefully, you know, they thrive in whatever they do moving forward and then the Cavander twins remains to be seen but i mean if you guys know as well as i do i think you guys can kind of paint the picture of where this is where this is heading these twins are going don't be shocked guys that these twins are going to be on this main roster and you're going to see them more and more and more on WWE television moving forward and it's going to be no shock to me that fans are going to turn on this very, very soon because they see through the bullshit and they're going to see what WWE is trying to do. Just saying, man. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I wish nothing but the best for these two ladies, Hannah, uh, Hannah and Haley. Again, I believe that those those are her names. I mean, it seems like they got a, a good athletic background. 
in regards to their, you know, their, their basketball, um, their, their basketball careers. But that's the thing, man, about, about professional wrestling, you know, it's, it's, you know, even though they're athletes, right. I mean, you see, we see a lot of athletes, people like Charlotte Flair, people like Bianca Belair, but when it comes to professional wrestling, man, this is different. You know, this is a different, a different type of world. You know, it's, it's easy to, to, you know, to upload TikToks and show off and show yourselves off in the ring and say that we've arrived on WWE television, but it's another thing to really take this seriously and to really, you know, progress and to really just, what's the word I'm looking for? To really get the fans behind you, you know, and, and develop this as quick and as soon as possible. So we'll see where it goes. Um, you know, I'll give it a chance to see what these women do. I'm rooting for them. Um, but again, just to end this all as we're going to get into a little bit of AEW here. I just, you, you guys know this, all of this is just to, to stick it to the Bellas and to erase their name from WWE history, just for, for the test of time. That's what this, this is all about. It's clear as day, you know, the seeds and everything have been planted. It's given freaking proof. And I just hope that these twins are not affected in that, in the process to where the backlash is now going to be on them because of the company putting them in the positions to where they might not be ready for it. So we'll see. So those are my thoughts in regards to all of that. Um, if you guys, I'm sure if you guys want to know more, there's, you know, articles, there's videos. Um, and, and, and of course, if you guys want to know more about the Commander twins, I'm sure, um, Brian, next time he comes up onto this, onto the show, um, you know, I'm sure he's going to, he's going to want to say his, his two cents and his thoughts about that as well as NXT and where they're, where they're going in, in regards to their identity and everything. So I'm sure Brian will have a lot to say in regards to that. Um, but if you guys want to know more, um, I'm going to also do more of my research in regards to, um, the Cavander twins, a little bit more about their background, their, um, you know, what they were able to do in their collegiate basketball careers and just more about what they're going to be doing in the WWE moving forward. So, but we shall see. Now, moving on over to AEW. So like I mentioned at the top of the show, guys, I'm not reviewing this show from top to bottom. <laughs> I'm not reviewing Dynamite. I'm not reviewing the show. It is not, it's not a waste of my, it's a waste of my fucking breath. I'm, I'm just not going to do it. Um, it's just, it, it's just, I'm, I'm going to just repeat the same shtick as I've been doing over the past several, pretty much past several months. I'm going to say, you know, why is Orange Cassidy starting the show? What, what, what are we doing with freaking with Chris Statlander in this TBS title? Why is freaking Ricky Starks and Jay White ending the show? Just, you're, you're going to hear the same song and dance. And I don't want to do that to y'all. I, I just don't. However, what I am going to talk about, the first thing I'll talk about is, um, is in regards to this show, is MJF. Um, MJF, of course, was in a, um, or he had, he cut a promo, I believe it was in the second hour of, of Dynamite this past Wednesday. You know, freaking, he's calling out the Colorado crowd. They were in Colorado Springs this past Wednesday, 
calling them drug addicts. <laughs> MJF just doing his freaking shtick where he is just sticking it to the freaking crowd. And I know there's a, this other notion about MJF to where, you know, oh, well, he's a one-dimensional it's a one-dimensional talent, you know, that you know, you know what you're going to get from MJF. He's going to taunt the crowd. He's going to do his shtick. Um, but, you know, and, and they're definitely right. I mean, there's nothing else about the character that's going to, I, I guess you can say, evolve into something that's even better. You know, he's he's one-dimensional. There's nothing else to progress in the character. Maybe you could have seen that maybe in regards to maybe William Regal in the past, um, this baby face persona that he was playing with. So, but I mean, so I hear where those people are coming from, but in regards to MJF, man, I mean, this dude, even as a one dimensional wrestler, man, this dude, it just continues to fricking just to light up the microphone and continue to fricking kill it. And he continues to be a bright part of not just an AW, but you know, in professional wrestling as a whole. So, um, but yeah, he, he continues to do his shtick and Adam Cole, Adam Cole hits the ring. He calls him out and, you know, MJF and Adam Cole, they had this little, this convo about how, you know, MJF talks about ring of honor and how he, you know, he's pretty much, he was hooked on, on Adam Cole. The first, the first minute he saw Adam Cole over in ROH, he was hooked. You know, he knew this guy was going to be a star. He's praised Adam Cole for what he's done. But then he was just like, dude, what has happened to you, bro? You now you've become this nerdy freaking gamer that plays on freaking Twitch. You're now this little you're this good guy now that likes to do that, that wants to do, you know, that wants to be liked and everything else. Right. It's like, what happened to you, bro? Um, so I like that angle and that aspect. You know, he freaking body shames freaking Adam Cole. Um he says, you're so f <laughs> guys, I'm that, bro, this, this is, this is a legit quote. He says, you're so, you're so frail. You make crack whores jealous. <laughs> <laughs> bro. I just, the, again, bro, the shit that freaking that MJF says it's fucking great. He says, you're so fragile. You make crack horse jealous that that got a major pop out of me, man. Um, so yeah, freaking taking, and he takes a, a page out of Cole's playbook and he, he references a line that he, that Adam Cole has mentioned on NXT stating, oh, he's like, you know, AEW is giving you, they're, they're giving you everything to become the star. They're giving you all access. They got the girl, you know, you got the bright lights and all this and this and that, you know what they make MJF do to feel special they ring the freaking bell and he's like, sounds familiar. That's the same type of promo that Adam Cole cut in NXT. I believe that was on a uh, carrying cross back on, back on NXT just a couple years ago. Um, so they're trying to, I guess, tie the notion into that. You know, he, MJF even mentions Vince McMahon, <laughs> you know, and he's and just in the, how he didn't see Adam Cole kind of exposing the fact that Vince McMahon didn't see Adam Cole as a top guy or whatever. And then finally Adam Cole gets on the microphone and he said, and he calls MJF a toxic social media troll and just a world-class douchebag. 
And Adam Cole claims that, you know, he's like, oh, it's like, here's, <laughs> he talks about like the body shame. He's like, oh, you want to body shame me? Like, here, why don't we do this? Why don't we go into the back? Let's piss in a cup and let's see who's freaking natural. <laughs> he's freaking trying to call out MJF saying that this dude's on some freaking PEDs or some shit, right? Um, and he says, listen, he said, no, nobody in that locker room likes you and nobody nor me respects you. Um, he's like, you won't risk. He's like, you won't fight me because I'm better than you. And they, you know, the people, the fans, they know it. And MJF, you know, this is where he starts to get really pissed. He's like, listen, I'll beat your ass any day, any week. He's like, I'm not afraid of you or whatever. And then Adam Cole drops the mic and says, well, looks like we got ourselves a match. And Adam Cole drops that microphone and walks off as, yes, guys, they do have a match. And that is going to be, I believe, next week um, where Adam Cole is going to face MJF in an eliminator match. Sounds familiar? It, it should because AEW has done this a lot um, in the past to where they have these eliminator matches. It's pretty much kind of similar to what a uh, to what WWE does in regards to developing number one contenders, you know, in order to get a, to get a title shot, you gotta beat the freaking champion. It just makes no freaking sense at all. Um, it, it just, it just doesn't. So, so that's going to be happening again. I don't, I'm not, I'm about 90% sure that that is going to be next week. Um, this eliminator match between, um, MJF as well as Adam Cole. So, so here, here's what I'll say. Um, decent, solid segment. That's first of all. There's obviously the bright, the, the major bright, positive spot of the night. The only thing that kept me intrigued throughout this entire show. So there's that, right? So decent segment. I mean, and, and that's all it really was. It was a decent to solid segment. Nothing more, nothing less. People are praising this again, like AEW. Just again, anything that the, that the niche comes across just want to blow it so fucking out of proportion to where it's the greatest thing since sliced bread guys it was a decent solid back and forth promo segment that's it man it was solid i agree but let's calm the fuck down <laughs> I, I mean jesus christ it was a decent it was a decent solid segment for what it was it's nothing more and it was nothing less so that's my take on that segment now with that being said why the fuck are we having an eliminator match? Why? Why do why are we watching? Right? If if that's what you want to do, Adam Cole and MJF in a feud, hell freaking yeah. I'm on board, and I'm sure as a lot of people in this wrestling community are. But why are we thrusting after one segment? Why are we th thrusting these two in a match in the snap of a finger? Why? Like, I don't understand why. Why not just tell the story? Why not continue to keep telling the story? Why does the story need to be told in them competing in a match? Oh, well, James, it's probably going to end up in a in some type of interference and they're going to have a, a, a freaking, what, like a stipulation type of a match. Okay, that's probably what they're going to do. I agree, but... But why not just make the match that much more special to where you need to see it for the championship? Like, I don't understand 
the booking behind these elimination mat, these eliminator matches, I should say, it doesn't make any freaking sense. I mentioned the same thing about Gunther and Kevin Owens. D- damn solid good match for 15 plus minutes. But I'm thinking, man, in the near future, they're probably going to face each other again. Y- you would think, right? So why did we just waste that? That first interaction, that first match between Gunther and Kevin Owens. Wouldn't you want to make that moment of them being in the ring leading up to it that much more special? Same with MJF and Adam Cole. You'd want to make that moment special. You're, you're going to have this match just to have a rematch for a stipulation. Okay, wow. Can we can we just tell the fucking story, bro? Can we just get fucking creative? Can, can, can we do something that doesn't involve them wrestling week after week after week after fucking week? I'm just saying that. Um, and, and the timing of this is also very weird because, I mean, I know there's going to be Forbidden Door um, coming up in just a couple of weeks, I believe in about two weeks or so. And you have Wembley Stadium that event in the UK coming up still, we have about pretty much well over two months until that, uh, until that event. So, so what's, what's the plan here, right? What, what, like, when are we having this world title match? Are we just going to have the world title match in the middle of a dynamite? Are we legit going to now wait two to three plus months for, for, for this match to happen at Wembley stadium? Like, what is the goal? Like, what what are we doing here? And, and if that is the case to get to Wembley Stadium, then, you know, that's it's very ballsy to do that right now with all the time you still have left up until that point. You know, so if that's the case, if you're going to do that for Wembley Stadium, to do this now in, in the in the what? This is now like the what? The first, second week of June? And Wembley Stadium's not till what? I believe August 27th in that, and somewhere in that time frame. That's a risk. That's a real risk to do if, if that's what AEW is planning on doing to have Adam Cole and MGF. Now, who knows? Maybe that's not the plan at all. I have no idea. But if, but if the plan is also to have these two people wrestle in the middle of a dynamite or a weekly pay-per-view, then guys... I'm I'm sorry. What the fuck, man? I mean, this th- this feud, this match, right? People just want to mention the match. Like, guys, guys, fuck the match. I know the match is going to deliver. I want the feud to be that much more impactful than the match itself. That's why I love professional wrestling. That's why I love matches like I go back and watch matches like Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels because of everything that's transpired up until that moment. Hell, even the second time they fought when, when Shawn Michaels retired back at WrestleMania 26. Freaking, you know, all the matches between Randy Orton and John Cena in the past, right? Freaking Triple H and The Undertaker as well. You know, matches between freaking the Wyatt family and the freaking Shield. You know, the, the list goes on and on. John Cena versus freaking Edge. Edge versus, Edge versus Undertaker. Randy Orton versus The Undertaker. Just because of everything that led up to that match. It's just that simple. And yet we're throwing these people 
in the middle of a dynamite. Next week, the week after, I'm not sure when this match is. I'm pretty sure it is next week. I'll have to double check um, and, and get confirmation about that. But my question is why? Why, man? What, why, why can't we just tell the story to get people that much more captivated about the match going forward? It's like, okay, they're going to have the rematch. You're telling me it's going to have that much more feel to when they're going to be in the ring for the first time? Stop, man. It's just, there's nothing much more you need to see, especially in, within the next, within that time frame to where they face once and then within what, a couple weeks and a month or two, they're going to face again. And you're going to be like, I, I hope everybody understands where I'm coming from, man, and how this could be done so much different that, that we could be doing this in a completely different way. But that's Tony Khan for you. You know, the only way that he knows how to book freaking feuds is just to, to book someone in a match week after week after week after week. And WWE is the same way. WWE has done that many times in the past before. So, I, again, I, 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 like, I, like I always mention on this platform and on this podcast, I keep that same energy with WWE and the same energy over with AEW. So I'll give it a chance, man. Like I always do when it comes to feuds, I'll give it a chance to see where it goes. Not confident, not hopeful. It's gonna, it's gonna go the way I'm sure everybody wants it to go. But, and and that's and that's the thing too as well, you know. And Adam Cole is gonna lose probably this match because here's the thing: like MJF is still, I think we're what into MJF's title title right now. I think well over maybe. Four, five months in that time frame. To me, he still should not be losing that title. So, I don't know. Do they give Adam Cole this strap? Man, I just... It's just really weird. The timing aspect and everything just just seems off. And it's just very, very weird and odd booking. Um, just for... Because... Again, this is AEW, and the only way we know how to book feuds is just to throw them in match after match and after match. So we'll see. Um, in, in regards to this, again, I have no faith that Tony Khan is going to book this properly because he just doesn't deserve my benefit of the doubt. Um, if you don't believe me, well, go back and watch these shows over the past several several years. They've lost half of their freaking audience. Their very first episode, guys, they had what? I believe their 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 television their television viewership was I believe a 1.4, and now they're messing at least as of late the last two weeks. Okay, golf clap. They've been in the 900,000 viewership. Good for them, right? But over, but lately, man, they've been in the seven. They've been in the the 700s and the 800s. I mean, that's legit, guys. Half of your freaking audience gone. They're done. You'll have your niche audience. That's great, right? They're gonna just cling on to freaking. They're, they're, they're going to, they're going to have Tony Khan's, they're going to, you know, freaking, they're going to grab his freaking ball sack and they're just going to suck the living, you know, what out of him and, and just praise everything he does. Right. They're going to have, they're going to have their heads so far up his fucking rear end and they're just going to praise everything. No, th that's the niche audience. Right. But everybody else, like these casuals, right. The people that is going to bring you up to that million viewership are those casual fans, the people that are coming outside of that niche audience, you know, 
What's it doing? And that's where I get to my next topic here, my final topic into the show. And that is with Tony Khan's announcement. Tony Khan making another announcement in regards to AEW Collision. Um, and of course, it involves CM Punk as he announces the main event in regards to a six-man tag. So it is going to be Samoa Joe, Jay White, and Juice Robinson. Bullet Club Gold, I believe, is what they're going as. They will face FTR and CM Punk. So that is your main event. So Tony Khan is trying to do everything that he can to try to suck the living penny out of fans trying to buy tickets because I'm pretty sure they're not even sold out yet um, for Collision, for that first episode of Collision. And they're trying their hardest to make sure because, you know, nobody else is going to is going to draw for the show because and it's no fault of their own because it's the way they're booked. So Tony Khan is going to continue to shove CM Punk's name on AW television to say, hey, CM Punk, y'all love CM Punk. Y'all wanted him to come back. Well, here he is. He's going to be in Chicago. Right. And I'm sure they're going to have a decent viewership in, in, for that show. People are going to want to tune in to see what happens for Punk. But again, this is the same song and dance that we played when he first came back. He came back to Rampage. Brought in a lot of viewership for about a week. And then, but then after that, slowly started to die down where to there were back pretty much in the 800, 900 viewership because people just didn't care anymore because of the booking. And just, and it's also because of the fact that CM Punk is just not moving the needle what he was once doing. It's just, just, that's just the reality of it. But my main thought is this, a main event six-man tag. That's how you're bringing CM Punk back, bro. Now, I hope to God <laughs> that something, you know, leads into this, you know, maybe something for Punk to where he does turn heel. Maybe it is on FTR. I mean, does he join Bullet Club? <laughs> Starts a new faction with Bullet Club. You know, there's fans. Oh, well, yeah. Well, that's what that that's what it could be, James. He can join the Bullet Club, and he's going to join join forces with Jay White and Juice Robinson. And like, okay, you know, for for a lot of for a lot of niche freaking fans, that sounds cool, right? But here's another thing that people also have to understand. And I go back to, you know, and I've spoken about this a lot in regards to AW television. Yes, you want to have your niche fans. Yes, you want to have those fans that are going to cling on to everything. But then, the, there, then, there's, then there's those people, those fans, that are going to come across people like Juice Robinson, and they're going to be like, who? Who is he? <laughs> Even Jay White, same thing. Who's, who's Jay White? Who, who is this guy? Right? And it's putting them in a situation to where, you know, you want to attract these these fans these casual fans you know to where man like oh this is jay white dude i gotta see more of him but you're introducing him in a six-man tag just another just a match just to have another freaking match and now who knows maybe there's freaking plans for punk and and to actually have something that's intriguing moving forward but again like i mentioned with with mjf and adam cole <laughs> i'll believe it when i see it you know, and that's just the, and that's just it, man. I, I'm not giving, I'm not going to give this company the, 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 the benefit of the doubt, man. I'm just, I'm just not going to do it. 
Um, you know, so you're you're gonna have Punk wrestle this this match, and and, and this is the problem with AEW, and this is why they're not bringing in fans or or having that you know over million in viewership the you know the way Tony Khan wants to consistently. Are they probably gonna hit somewhere close to a million in this show, this debut show? Sure, right? They're probably going to. You know, it's the return of Punk. You know, there's they're trying to at least be hopeful and you know, somewhat slightly intrigued to see, okay, I'll see where this is going and people are going to tune in, but if it's not done properly, then fans are going to be like, well, shit, you know, I just wasted (laughs) good amount of freaking time out of my day where I could have just been doing a mother shit and they're just not going to tune in again, you know? So, So a six man, a six man tag match, man, it's just, I would be debuting punk if, or returning punk, I should say, in a much different way. You, you have him announce a match. Listen, announcing him prior to the show, I can I can understand that to an extent. But now just putting him in this match to where like, okay, if we're just going to have a six-man tag just to have a six-man tag, then it's just like, okay... What what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> right? It, it's just it's just to me like to me there's already a bunch of red flags. There's no I don't know, just to me there's just gonna be no angle, there's no promo, no just a meaningless freaking match is to me where this is just going. He's gonna punk is is he gonna continue to to do this baby face shtick because that worked really well in his first freaking run, um, in his first you know in his first you know times as in, in, in AEW, you know, yeah sure he got a he got a cute little you know a cute nice little return in Rampage good for him right now I like Punk I've always mentioned how I like Punk, but the facts are the facts man. Ever since then when he's returned, as time went by, he has not been drawing any more fans that what than what AEW is already doing right now. It's just the truth, bro. You know? Sure, are people going to be within the couple the first week or two to see what he does? Sure. But if you guys know Tony Khan and the way that he books and you know, just history proves itself to show you that to me, I mean, if it didn't work the first time, what makes us think that this 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 relationship is going to work the second time, right? It's like any toxic relationship you have with your ex-girlfriend, right? It's like, you, oh, it's like you want to get back together again. You want to give it a second chance. You break up again. And it's like, okay, maybe third time's the charm. Let's try to do this again. Guys, no. Um, and, 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 and with Punk as well, man, it's clear as day that if Punk was a draw, if Punk was moving the needle, he would have done it his first run in, in, in AEW the, the first time. If it did not work the first time, guys, what makes us think it is going to work now? What proof is there? There is none. So, and and you throw out a six-man tag, another six-man tag that you would see on a rampage that I'm sure you've seen on Dark or Elevation. Thankfully, those shows are no longer fucking exist, thank God. Um, Especially now, of course, they have Collision. I think their, their hands were tied to where they just, they just couldn't do it. But I, I don't know. It's just he's going to join Bullet Club Gold. 
It's just like, but again, guys, how many casual fans know who Juice Robinson is? How many casual fans know that who Jay White is? And a lot of niche fans are going to get their panties in a bunch. Oh, guys, Jay White and Juice are amazing. I understand that. You know that. But but do a lot of casual wrestling fans and and, and others know who they are? The answer is no. Because you're not putting them in, in the right positions to attract an audience to where your viewership is worth over a million. That's the problem. And that's why you're seeing viewerships in the 800,000s, at times the 900,000s. Hell, even the 700,000s, it's been that freaking low. That's why, man. You thrust these people, you know, people like Juice Robinson, like we, like every casual fan, sure, fans like me know who he is. Fans like, you know, you know, AEW diehard fans and diehard professional wrestling fans know who he is, but not everybody does. And that's the problem that AEW has. They have to get out of the shtick. Tony Khan has to get out of his niche fucking audience and he has to start thinking like a business owner and say, man, how can I attract more freaking fans outside of the niche that I already have? Are you going to do that with this six man tag? Let, let's seriously like and, and moving forward. Like, are you really truly doing that? Sure. You again, you may be getting that within the first show because people like, again, they're, I always say this about professional wrestling. We tune out of habit and hope, right? We tune out of habit because we've been doing it for so long and we do it out of hope because we just hope the product gets better. I say that a lot about WWE. So, okay. Punk is going to get a good pop from the crowd. It's in Chicago. Outside of that, he's probably going to get a mixed reaction. If you don't believe me, just go back to freaking last week when Tony Khan announced Punk was going to be returning. Major freaking mixed reaction. So outside of Chicago, he's going to get that same freaking reaction. So that's what I was saying even last week. You might as well turn this dude heel if that's if you are bringing Punk back and if you are going to roll the roll the dice with him. So. And again, maybe there's a plan where Punk turns on FTR and he starts this faction. But again, and, and here's another prime example. The Blackpool Combat Club. The Blackpool Combat Club has been doing good shit. And, and I've been praising them ever since they finally turned heel. They feel like a legit faction. But the problem is, guys, is people like Claudio. I mean, obviously, we know Claudio. We know who he is from WWE. And people like Wheeler Yuta, right, are... are are you telling me that almost 90 to 95% of wrestling fans are have Wheeler Yuta on their freaking radar at all? The answer is no, right? And it's like any other faction, like evolution, man, evolution. Again, one of the, one of the freaking great, I'll, I'll say this to my freaking grave. One of the best freaking factions of all time. Um, Randy Orton, freaking Ric Flair, Triple H and but regardless how I feel about Triple H as a freaking as a freaking business owner, the dude was a hell of a performer. And I and I give him I give him a gall clap. I give him his praise for that. But with 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 a faction, man, like Wheeler Yuta, as as well as Blackpool Combat Club has been doing. Like, again, is this drawing in casual fans? Is this drawing in an audience to where you're bringing in more and more fans outside of your niche? The answer is no. Daniel Garcia, 
you're thrusting a piece, somebody like Daniel Garcia a lot lately in the main event scene. He's been in main event matches with Danielson and, and others like Brian Danielson. And I believe, um, you know, m- many others in the past, I'm just forgetting off the top of my head, but, and it's just, and people look at Daniel Garcia and just like, okay, good wrestler, <laughs> but that's it. And, and like, it's like, you know, that, that that's all you're getting from these people. Like I will legit guys, if, if, if I were to ever come across them in a home Depot or a Lowe's or a freaking a Walmart, I would probably would people 99% of the time would walk just right past them because, and that's what I mean about people being larger than life. When you saw people like Hulk Hogan, freaking Razor Ramon, freaking the ultimate war, all these people, the Andre, the giant, you would stood up and like, dude, that's, that's Hulk Hogan, man. Like, dude, that's freaking, that's Randy Savage. That's the ultimate warrior. It's like you, you walk past Daniel Garcia. You wouldn't even know this dude's a fucking wrestler. It's a casual fan. Sure. Me and you would meet fans like me and you, right? Diehard professional wrestling fans will say, oh, that's Daniel Garcia. That's cool. Let's, let's, let's go up to him and say, hey, what's up, man? Friend of your work. No, but, but everybody else, man, is not going to do that. That's the problem. You know, it's, it's attracting those fans outside of your niche that makes wrestlers larger than life. You're not getting that with a faction with punk and and juice robinson and freaking jay white and you're just not getting that and you're and and you want to make collision this this big show your your this new show collision it's just i don't know man everything in what tony khan is doing in regards to setting up this six-man tag to me it's just red flags to where nothing's going to get accomplished with it I hope I'm wrong, but to me, nothing is going to get accomplished because this is just typical AEW booking overall. So, and and that's really it. That that's really honestly, truly it. That all I really have. So, again, it's you know I can't see many fans being interested in a trios match at all. And I honestly feel like the ratings will show you that. Because if you want to debut Punk, if you want to bring this dude back, regardless of what me and Brian have said about, you know, about Punk, is it best for AEW to bring this guy back because of the whole, you know, the drama and the heat that he caused in, in, in the locker room? I get that, right? And, and, and again, that's that's just people's, you know, I guess you can say they're prerogative. But are people, but if we're going to debut Punk, can we just do it? in a more meaningful suspense, suspenseful way than just a six man fucking tag. I'm just being honest. Man. Like, I'm just like, come on, man. We, we gotta, we gotta be honest with ourselves, man, to where sure you may like the match. It may seem cool. It's all of your favorite freaking wrestlers, but, th- but be honest with yourself. Could we be doing better? Could we be debut? Could we be returning punk back to AEW? in a better situation. That's all I'm saying. Regardless of what this leads to, who knows? Again, this th- this might lead into something after the match where Punk turns heel and we can get some t- type of type of shtick going on here with Punk, whether that's with the Bullet Club Gold or whoever it is. But it, again, nobody is going to be... Because if you've seen one trios match, 
on AEW television, you've seen them all. And that's it. And that's it. And, and, and it's, it's the redundancy. The redundancy of always having a trios match. The redundancy of having Orange Cassidy always fucking coming out on a dynamite show and starting off the show defending that irrelevant fucking international title against whoever the fuck it is. Could be Swerve Strickland. It could be, it could be the butcher or the blade. Your 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 grandmother across the street. Who the fu- uh, who the fuck knows? You know, um, it's just it's just the truth, man. You know, I may like these wrestlers. I may see we we know the potential that's in them, but we have to call out to say, man, they could be attracted in in a in a much better way to where it's helping them and it's helping the company, the business. That's the problem. But, but maybe this is what AEW is. They just want to cling onto those, those niche fans to where they're just going to praise great professional technical wrestling. And that's it, you know, and they'll praise a good solid promo and they'll, They'll blow smoke up, up up everyone's ass that it was just this the greatest thing since sliced bread. Like, oh my god, freaking MJF and Adam Cole. This was this was amazing. It was good, man. It was just good. Can we just say something's good? <laughs> can, can, like, why the fuck are we just saying that everything about this company is just fucking awesome? It is great. Like, oh my god, man. Tone it the fuck down, seriously. Um. But that's it, man. That's that's all I got in regards to everything. NXT, the Cavander Twins, Tony Khan, CM Punk, MJF, and Adam Cole. Everything that has transpired over the last couple of days. I mean, just again, man. Like I said early on, we, sh- we shall see where everything else leads to. Um, I just don't have a good feeling about it, about any, any of this stuff. The Cavander Twins... NXT right now as a whole and just continuing to struggle to find their identity. CM Punk coming back and how we expect it to be bigger and better than his first run in AEW, as well as this MJF and Adam Cole feud and why the fuck they're wrestling next week or in the middle of a dynamite or shit. It's probably going to be in your main event, I'm sure, but still on a, on dynamite television to where you could save that match and the build to that match towards a pay-per-view. But here we are. Um, so AEW, WWE, it's no different, man. There is just a lot of red flags. There is just a lot of concerns. Where at the end of the day, guys, it just needs to be called out. Because if we don't call it out, nothing is going to get better. Nothing is going to change. Because it's the people that accept the bare minimum is what these companies want. That's what they want. They want the people that are just going to accept everything. They're going to buy the merchandise. They're going to buy the tickets. They're going to freaking, they're going to just do everything X, Y, and Z. They're going to say all the chants, right? You know, uh, but, but if we call shit out the way that it needs to be called out, maybe Tony Khan and Triple H, especially, you know, with, I'll start off with Tony Khan. Maybe Tony Khan will finally look himself in the mirrors and look at those half empty, half empty arenas and say, man, maybe there's something that I need to do differently. <laughs> you fucking think, <laughs> you know, Triple H, man, and how 
he's just been doing business as of late and how just nothing outside of the bloodline, like me and Brian have always stated, how nothing outside of that storyline is getting accomplished and how the the title that Roman Reigns is holding on to is just is just being held hostage and it's weighing everyone else down, especially Cody Rhodes. You know, we we may like certain things. We may like certain wrestlers. We we may like a certain freaking promo, but we need at the same time, guys, you can praise all of that. You can praise all of that and then some. You can talk about how great you can talk about how good a match was. You can talk about how good a promo segment was. You can say everything about that. But at the same time, you need to be like, well, man, this needs to get fixed. This needs to, this needs to change. This need, because it needs to. It's clear as freaking day that we need to call the bullshit when the bullshit has been spewed. But if we just accept the bare minimum, nothing's going to change, man. Absolutely nothing. And that is going to do it, guys, for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, I'm not sure if Brian is going to be um, with me for the next episode. That next episode is going to be tomorrow. Um, talking Friday Night SmackDown, um, which is tonight. Um, so hopefully, enjoy, hopefully everybody will enjoy SmackDown tonight. I'm sure you know there's going to be big plans in regards to the Bloodline storyline for tonight, and you know especially where Jay Uso. His allegiance lies in regards to that. So there's going to be a lot, I'm sure, suspense in regards to that. People are going to want to tune in tonight. Um, so, but we will, um, episode will be published out uh, tomorrow in regards to SmackDown, um, as well as some other stuff, of course, leading up to Money in the Bank. So I'm not sure, again, if Brian Thomas will be uh, available for that. Uh, but of course, I'll keep you guys updated in regards to all of that in regards to, and, and of course, with episodes moving forward. Uh, Brian, my man, shout out to you if you're watching this um, again and shout out to everybody, of course, that's watching. Hope you guys have a tremendous weekend. Hope you guys are enjoying your Friday. Make sure you guys continue to join um, our Facebook group, you know, spread the word about our Facebook group as well as follow our Instagram and TikTok. That is ruthless underscore talk. I believe we are now what over 750 followers on that freaking platform and it is freaking awesome to see how much just this community, this ruthless talk community has grown. Um, and it's, it's, it's felt like, you know, when we first started this, you know, just how, you know, just how everything, it's just crazy how everything has just transpired over the past several months to where we are building, we are really building an empire. Screw a community, man. We are building a freaking empire. Um, you know, just by the day, by the week, you know, Rome, Rome wasn't built in a day, you know, we, we continue, you know, we, there's still work to be done in regards to building a wrestling community that everybody is proud of. If you guys love professional wrestling as much as we do, as much as I do, make sure you guys spread the word and have people come onto this platform because it is the place to be. So make sure you guys follow us on our Instagram and our TikTok. Like I said, that is ruthless underscore talk, make a lot of content over there. So make sure you guys follow uh, those platforms. Um, I believe Money in the Bank is coming up soon. There will be a good and the bad and the ugly for that show. Forbidden Door, I know that's going to be a show coming up. Guys, I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> um, I highly doubt you're going to hear a review show about Forbidden Door. Um, I just, again, man, it's just, just, just very not a whole lot of interest. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest with you. 
Um, I know that's going to upset a lot of people. I get it. I know. But again, guys, it's, it's just going to be a, it's going to be a card filled with just really good wrestling matches, but that's it. Um, and, and just like this show dynamite from this past Wednesday, it's not going to be worth my time to review. So I highly doubt that I'm going to be, we're, we're going to be doing a, a, re, a review in regards to that, but for money in the bank, there will be a good and the bad and the ugly um, coming up. I believe that is going to be um, money in the bank, I believe is coming up in what, just about a couple weeks or so again, man, time flies, man. I feel like we just reviewed freaking what night of champions. And now here we are freaking approaching London for, for money in the bank. So, um, so, but again, we're going to talk a lot about, you know, what's to come for Money in the Bank and in, 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 in that regard, the Money in the Bank ladder match, of course, this Bloodline storyline. So make sure you guys stay tuned for all of that and for future episodes to come. That is going to do it for today's episode, everybody. My name is James Porcelli and your boy signing off saying salute. Peace out and take care, everybody. <laughs>